everybody. But we're also on tape. We are deep down in the bowels of these music. Episode 118 of Cam Loops last week. Christopher Folds, Magic Mike, and Bill. 118. Great show today, but let's start with 18. Anything? 118. That is the address of one of the oldest buildings in Kamloops that now houses the Brownstone Restaurant, 118 Victoria Street. And interestingly enough, if we had done this last year, we could say 118 years ago it was built. But it was built 119 years ago, 1904. It's the original CIBC building in Kamloops. Have you ever taken Monaco for dinner there? I have not. The city took me out for dinner there, though, once as a thank you for... Um, oh, part of the TNRD spending scandal. Is that what it was? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, this was with actually mayor and council thanking mm. us for everything that we do for the community. Nice. Um, we won an award and they took us for dinner there. It was really nice. What did you have? Oh, this was a few years ago. I don't remember, but it was really good. I remember that. Have you been there before? Yeah, I've been there twice. I had uh, a lunch. I had a duck confit, which I didn't like, but I'm not a duck confit guy. Very Bachelor Heights. And then I went to, um, no, I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. But I, then I went to, um, went there for dinner once and it was, it was okay. It was good. It, actually, the patio is really good in the summertime when it's really hot. Oh, a little between, patio, a little, in, in yeah. little alley there. It's go have a nice drink there. It's I've nice still never place. gone. Never been. Take your, uh, take, your, yeah. take your lady there. <clears throat> I might do that. Yeah. How's your back? Uh, it's a little sore. I kind of overdid it uh, at the factory, I think. Uh, lifting drywall. <laughs> Literally lifting drywall. Out in Sicky? Yeah, in Sicky. Oh. And, and uh, you know, moving around uh, equipment and stuff like that. But uh, that's... You're okay. Uh, yeah. Playing through the pain. Survive. Yeah. Great show today. We have varied guests. Our first guest is from the city of Kamloops, David Hallinan. Mm-hmm. He's the director of corporate services, but the finance director. He's the guy in charge of the money. He, he, he advises council on the budgets and the, and the financial implications uh, their decisions make. And the budget has to be adopted by April. Mid-April. We could see potentially a property tax hike, Mike, of close to 11%. 11%. What does that mean to you? Uh, well, that coupled with what our property values are going to go up to, I'm sure, I think it's going to be uh, quite a bit more. Probably yeah. another, you know, I imagine 10, 15% or or more already, yeah. which is going to be $3,000 a year and 200-some-odd dollars a month. Uh, you you got to sell a lot of guitars to cover that. <laughs> yeah, that no. Just that jump, you know, yeah, let alone the 10000 we had from two years ago. Yeah. Um, we also have, well, how does that actually impact you then on a ground level? Well, if, if you break everything down to... Um, if your taxes go up by $12,000 and you have $1,000, you look at what your uh, net margin is, you have to sell that much more per day, 20 days a week, or 20 days a month, to um, to be able to just cover the increase in costs, not let alone the, the, what, what it already costs. And the, so, you know, the domino effect is that for every business and resident who is faced with this extra burden, that's less money to go spend out in the community, which means... This is why we're in a recession technically right now. We have two, we have, we've had three quarters of negative growth, which is a, two is a recession. So we're technically in a recession and it's only going to get worse because people are going to rein in because they can't go spend. And if you can't spend, the economy doesn't grow. Yeah. You, you know, it's, it's funny. I sometimes think that uh, the, the reason why we're, our prices have gone up so much, um, there, there's a lot of reasons, but one of them was because the shipping costs, uh, containers, went from being like $1,000 uh, U.S. per container, uh, and at the peak it was like $15,000 U.S. Um, for a container. And that was had nothing to do with anybody other than the, the shipping guys going back and forth from um, from Asia, port, whatever, mm-hmm. to, to Vancouver or mm-hmm. to wherever it was. So all of a sudden that increased the cost of your goods. So we're still seeing those goods in warehouses still at that higher cost. And now that shipping rates have gone back down to you know $1,000, um, you're going to see uh, that reflection come into the, the, the cost of goods that, that are being um, distributed. But it's a huge, because um, you take that landed cost and then you add up for your wholesalers, for your retail, like that oh, kind yeah, of sure, a thing, yeah. right? So it goes up. way up real fast. Yeah. Okay, we'll talk a bit more about that uh, in a little bit. We have another fantastic guest, Missy Cedarholm. The game day, do you know Missy? Oh yeah, yeah. from the Blazers. She's got some pep, she's she's bubbly. Game day operations manager and tickets coordinator. 
I might have screwed that title up so she can correct me exactly when she gets on here, but she's going to kind of talk about the teddy bear toss. Mm. And this is all something that I'm excited about because we have a brand new sponsor on board. They're the biggest ticket in town as far as sports go. It's the Kamloops Blazers. They have signed on to have a monthly segment on our show. So every single month, they're going to have a slot on our show, and we're going to talk to them about the hockey team. Maybe we'll talk to ownership, to someone like Missy. We'll talk to players, and we will tee up some of their um, promotions, promotions, yeah. like the teddy bear toss, which is this December 1st. And Bill, I think we can run our little intro video here just to welcome them on board. KLW on the Blazers, the W on the Bees. The W on the Bees. Mike, any first thoughts on the intro video there? Uh, I think it needs a little more boom chicka wah wah on the guitar and, and uh, yeah it's um, I think the announcer had uh, something stuck in his throat where, where's the fireplace <laughs> and the uh, fur rug that was <laughs> that, that was me and just, that was like the Rick the Bear Wild there yeah Ooh. the settings Ooh. on iMovie you can just change your voice that was you yeah that was me oh that's, that's sorcery I, I like it yeah. I like yeah, it it's good these teddies there's going to be a game involved with them. You're going to want to stay tuned. Mike Miltimore's head might end up getting pelted on the Magic Mirror brought to you by Volkswagen. Wait, 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 do, do that again. Oh. <laughs> i got to go the right direction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're also going to talk about Fraser Minton. I spoke with him uh, via Zoom. He was in Kennewick, Washington after a hurricane a few days in his life. He was the captain of the Blazers. Friday morning he's traded. By Saturday night, he's playing for Saskatoon in Portland. So I'm going to talk to him about his time with the Blazers, the shock of the deal being done so early. And we'll hear from him later on in KLW on Blazers. Macaranch. Macaranch. You know Macaranch now. Uh, yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I love animals, <laughs> and I always feel like um, uh, Ace Ventura where he's sitting there and all the animals come to him mm. kind of thing. And that's the kind of love that Maca Ranch has for their animals. That's, they do care about their animals, and that's partially, first of all, it's good, clean food at Maca Ranch. It's a local business. It's in Turtle Valley. It's beef, it's pork, it's lamb, it's chicken. They deliver to Kamloops, but it's the pasture raising on 80 acres, Mike. And remember, I wasn't sure about what that meant, the rotational grazing and, and why that leads to less pesticides? Yes, you have to leave one fallow out of four for the, for the, uh, for the crop. I learned. Like fallow? Like Fallow. Bird? Fallow. You know, you don't oh, fallow. You, you fallow. Fallow. You can't, you can't, you can't over, overdo the, the soil, as far as I know. You have to let it rest for a little bit. Thanks, Bill. They do this well in New Zealand, and they do it here now. The animals eat the grass. They dump their manure on the ground. It feeds the soil, which adds nutrients to the soil, which grows better grass, which feeds the animals next year. So it's, it's like a the circle of life. Better grass, better soil, happier animals, like you said, mm -hmm. better meat. And probably healthier poo. Help. Because they're, they're eating the grass and it's coming through, right? So They like don't like the hormones. They don't like the pesticides, the steroids, Maca Ranch. Find them on Facebook. It's a great family. I've been there for Thanksgiving. I had the ham. I almost passed out. It was so good. And, uh, Did you say I am happy now? I am happy now. <laughs> and you can email them at info at macaranch.ca. Find them on Facebook, Instagram. Brand new website, macaranch.ca. Good, clean food. And they deliver to Kamloops. Budget, a bit more on the budget now. So what do you think about this potential hike? Well, I mean, the highest, the highest increases that Kamloopsians had endured this whole century was this year, was 7%. And that was a shock to people because historically, throughout the entire, from 2000 to now, it's been on average about two, two and a half percent per year. COVID kind of screwed things up where every city just said, we're not, no tax increase because we've got, we got to reassess everything. And coming out of COVID, you knew, you knew there'd be a couple of years probably of higher tax increases just to catch up to what we didn't charge in 2020, 2021. So, but the potential of an 11% increase is, is shocking to a lot of people. Um, there's a meeting this Thursday, tomorrow, we're filming this on, what is it, November 29th? Yeah. On November 30th, I think at the Sandman Centre Lounge tomorrow night, there's a, there's a meeting where people can go out and, and, and talk to the city, each, each table with all the departments to, to get some more information and to provide ideas as to how to get this thing down. I have some ideas, you have some ideas. Um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a, tough, a tough thing because everything's gone up so much. I don't really have any ideas, but I know, Mike, you were talking last week a little bit about um, we've grown in Kamloops, so why, and, and there's new houses, so why um, isn't that helping our cause with, with taxing? Yeah, and, and I realize that there's infrastructure costs, you know, bringing sewer out to new communities, but 
a lot of the communities that are being built, they have to pay for that infrastructure anyways. Part like, of it, DCCs. Uh, well, in, yeah. in my at my house in Valley View, yeah. I've got a lot in the back mm -hmm. that I could potentially put two houses on. And you would pay for the connections. I, I have to pay right from the street, yeah. and I have to pay all the cost to pave, to do the... Yeah. Um, the setbacks, the the everything, right? Mm -hmm. So the thing that the city's going to get potentially out of that subdivision, they can get ten houses. That can they can get a lot of tax money mm -hmm. perpetually. Yeah, you know. So like uh, uh, new houses add to the tax base. They do, and and the city's coffers. Yes, unless you're in the tax exempt zone, which we'll ask David Hallan about, which uh, which is interesting because right now. You know, uh, we talked we talked about city gardens last week. I think it was, and mm -hmm. it's, it's a it's a multi hundred hundreds of millions of dollars of development going in. There's going to be what about thousand twelve hundred people there. Five hundred thirty eight new units. The city won't see any tax revenue from that for a decade because they're in that new tax exempt bylaw zone, which encourages development. But there's no municipal property taxes for ten years. So we can ask him, what's the you know is there a so, pro and so con then to that? We end up paying for it. Well, I mean, I, we'll ask David Hallahan what's the what's the uh, you know what's the what's the benefit and detriment of having something like that. You well, you attract investment, but you defer taxes for ten years. That's a lot of money that the city's not gathering. On the other hand, if the lot was just vacant, they're not getting it anyway. So you know. Yeah, I think it's a uh, tax um, exemption on the improvements that yes. you make. Yes. So you still have to pay your whatever it would have been before if there was. Well, if I'm if I'm moving in though, if you're moving into City Gardens tomorrow, and part of the allure, just like on, on the North Shore, the station. Where the, where the Bright Eye Brewery is right now. It's, it's a 47-unit it's a um, condo. Yeah. Uh, I know people live there. They don't pay municipal taxes as an owner of the unit. You get a, a, a holiday of 10 years. Ten I years, think it's 5 yeah. or 10 years. You pay your school taxes. You pay your TNRD taxes. But your municipal portion of your taxes, you get a break, which is yeah. the, the, the carrot to bring them into the yeah, we need to attract uh, yeah, business so, into town. We you know, the Hive down, downtown, the Hive, that brand new hive, business, yeah, uh, it's a very beautiful building. They are exempt from paying municipal property taxes for 10 years. It was a big debate back in the day. So there, there, there's, I understand it, but then again, you're foregoing some, some revenue. But then again, if nothing was built there, you got no revenue. So, right. yeah. Let's talk more with David about that because we have to talk now about our weekend together because it was one of the best ones I think we ever had. Yeah, yeah. I know you remember it. Better than most of us. It's crazy, you know. It's we decided to do something different again this week because we, every week we we try to do something different. <laughs> we we'll uh, try, and, and we, instead of starting doing a hike or enjoying nature, we decided that we would go to Volkswagen, where right now they're low rates. Oh, they're low, low, low rates. Like not, not L O W E for Terry Low, but L O W. Anytime rates. you even say Volkswagen, I can see how bamboozled he gets. It's dangerously low rates. Doesn't know how rates. to spell it. I know, it's, it's dangerously low rates because he's just wondering. Low, I can't figure out why the rates are so low. No. Terry Lowe. So, do you understand now? I think I do now. It's it's uh, the rates are low, right? They're low. really low. They're low. They're as low, low as they've low. ever been. And listen to this. There's a new lease program which you haven't been paying attention to. You're too confused. Four point nine nine percent on the new SUVWs. That's really low. That's super dangerously low again. I like SUVW. That's kind of cool. It is. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Tiguan, Crossport, the seven-seater Atlas, and the Taos. I hope I said that right. T-A-O-S. Maybe you don't like leasing, though. Do you like leasing? Uh, I'm a buy-it kind of guy, if I can, but uh, I've leased vehicles. Yeah. You don't have to be a lease guy because they have special finance rates in place now, too, Mike. Mm. Terry Lowe, he has it all covered. And don't forget, if you're a VW customer, they'll pay for your first two years of maintenance. That's pretty good. So that we were on the lot at the time, and yeah. you were just wandering around like we had to save him a bunch of times. He's just wandering into traffic. Well, no, I, it wasn't that. It was it wasn't that. It was I was so flummoxed yes. by, by the low Flummox. rates. That, How do you um, spell that? F L U M A X E D. F L U M M O X E D. So I was I was I was walking around, and I couldn't believe the low rates. It kind of got me kind of dizzy. Eh? dizzy. So, yeah. so I ended up rates. I ended up on the frontage road, and of course Marty had to pull me back because a lot of trucks going back and forth there. Well, right? I had to walk you straight yeah. down to McDonald's. Yeah, to, yeah. To get that's back on that's when we had yeah. the idea to take a Volkswagen and drive up like we were a couple kidnapper kind of dudes, mm -hmm. and we kidnapped Chris yes. and went to McDonald's. We, we and so. And he got the peppermint hot chocolate. But guess what he did? Because he's still flummoxed and bamboozled. I spilt it all over he my shirt. He spilt it all over himself yeah. again. Did, Off the yeah. Gourds Appliance and Mattress Center we went with the Black Friday sales on. Hey, is that deal still on where if you buy two appliances, you get two honey off? And yep. three, you get... Mix and match, Mike. You know this by now. I, I Whirlpool and the Maytag appliances. You buy two, you save... 
two honey. You buy three, you save. Uh, three honey. <laughs> three honey. Dishwashers, ovens, fridges. And this stands out to me most of all. They service what they sell. Mm. Nobody else does that. What a weekend, guys. I'm, you're finally back with it. Yep. It's yeah, it good. Yep. No, the rates got me down and uh, off the ledge, and it's and they're kind of low. So I'm feeling good now. Just in time for your segment, Above the Fool, it's brought to you by McDonald's. I love coaching people. Um, it is important for me that um, people grow. I love working with the staff, especially the new ones, because I love teaching. Uh, I love sharing my knowledge. For me, it's important that they feel welcome, that they do belong with the company. Another thing would be interacting with guests, especially the kids. I just love them. This is David Hallinan, Director of Corporate Services for the City of Kamloops. We were just talking uh, off camera for a second and I was asking about your life and how it's going and it sounds like it's been a pretty busy uh, stint for you. It's definitely been busy. Uh, we've seen some change and some staffing change at the, in the organization, especially in the finance team and so it, it's been, uh, you know, hair, I would say hair straight back and hair on fire, but I don't have much, so, um, yeah. <laughs> when he started in April, he had a big <laughs> I had a full hitter, I had a full throw. Yeah, um, right. yeah. So you've been, I think, with the city for six years, but you, or since 2016, sorry, yeah. but you've been in this position since April. Yeah. So how are you settling into it? Um, you know, I, I think it's it's a good extension from what I was doing before. I was the financial planning and procurement manager, so um, especially around the budget stuff and, and the financial world, I've got a lot of understanding and familiarity of what the city does and how the things are done in that manner. Um, taking on a bit more responsibility, I've, I'm fortunate I've got a great team. Uh, I've got some really capable people that uh, know how to do their jobs and do them really well. So um, for me, it was a, a bit of an easy slide into the role, but the challenge, of course, is you know uh, backfilling other roles and getting people into the positions and getting them up to speed is, is always a challenge. And what do you see as your biggest upcoming challenges that you're facing? Uh, I think the biggest challenge we're looking at, obviously, outside of the budget conversation yeah. that's coming up is really how do we start to uh, engage the team and, and start looking at where are the opportunities that we can introduce a greater degree of efficiency, a greater degree of um, engagement with members of the public, uh, starting to look at things like how do we uh, roll out the ability to pay your property tax bills, your utility bills across the city, not just having to come to City Hall. How do we expand um, some of those capabilities and how do we modernize some of the processes that we're seeing? The budget and the property tax, we that's why you're here basically want to talk to you about that. So Folds, do you wanna do you wanna lead the way? Well this year's property tax, two thousand twenty three, was a about seven percent, which yeah. was the highest this century, and of yeah. course, it was probably uh, impacted by the by the so almost zero, I think, at COVID for a lot of cities. A little bit. Um, the 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 and, and it has been historically this century two two and a half percent per year, right? Yeah. So next year we're looking at tentatively, you know, ten point eight, eleven percent maybe yeah. if things can't get whittled down. And I guess the question everyone's freaking out about that, but yeah. Um, well, you know, why why is that number so high right now? What's happening? Um, you know, it's interesting. We we talk about consumer price index inflation, and we see you know impact on people and, and cost of groceries and cost of other things, but those really aren't the things that the city buys. We're really heavily into the construction industry, uh, and a lot of the equipment we have are specialty products. Um, you know, the, the average resident isn't buying a garbage truck or a fire truck. Um, you know, they're buying a, a compact car, perhaps a, a hybrid or something to that effect. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of those areas looking for resources and, and looking for people. Uh, and so we're seeing some sectoral inflation that is quite high. We're seeing a lot of double-digit inflation in, in some areas. The price of lumber is a good example from 2016 through to uh, last year went up 47%. Right. Um, those are the types of products and, and things that we're buying. I think the other piece that we saw coming out of COVID was there was a lot of people who decided that uh, their work career was done and they wanted to retire. And so we're seeing a lot of challenges for staff and, and trying to recruit um, specific skills into our workforce. Um, and we have a, a great group of general laborers, but we also equally have uh, the trades uh, folks. So we're looking for skilled tradespeople. We have a lot of professionals, accountants, um, engineers, planners, etc. cetera. Uh, and so we're seeing a lot of organizations who are trying to get that talent. And of course, they're paying a little bit more to get it. And so that's translating into higher wages and higher contracts. And um, that's all rippling through. And we have the two region. big contracts up at the end of the year, firefighters uh, and the city workers, QP, right? We definitely do. And those two, we have direct 
control over. We, mm. we, we actually do the negotiations. Mm. Um, the other one that I would uh, bring up is the RCMP contract yes. that expired at the end of March, mm. and that's negotiated at a federal level, and we simply get told what we get. Um, and with the firefighters, too, it's not completely independent because it's, it's predicated on the average of 10 in the lower mainland, right? Absolutely. So they, they do a lot of industry scanning and seeing yeah. where uh, their peers are landing. Yeah. Uh, and I think our, our QP contract is going to be doing that as well. I think that there's a feeling that um, you know they've, they've lost some ground, and, and I think a lot of folks feeling that they lost ground with the inflation over the last couple of years and are looking to catch up. And so we're, we're expecting to see some higher contracts based on what we've seen in the marketplace. Will we ever get back to um, a two, two and a half percent per year. I know I saw a projection a few weeks ago. It was kind of scary at the, saying that, you know, for the rest of this decade, don't, don't expect anything less than what we paid this year on taxes. Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful, you know, this right now, I think what we're seeing is um, probably shorter term contracts, which is a, a, lot of, a large portion of our costs. Mm -hmm. uh, those contracts will be one or two years. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we'll have a chance to revisit, I think, in three years. Um, but what we're seeing with the contract pieces is ideally if inflation starts to come back down to, I think, normal areas, then mm -hmm. we see uh, a lot more uh, immigration and a lot more people coming into the country to be able to help fill those positions. I, I suspect we'll start to see something. Uh, we're projecting, I think, three and a half, four percent um, until 2026, 2027. And and then we're expecting to see some things down. Mm -hmm. uh, I pre presented to council yesterday that forward-looking view. Yes. And I, I heavily qualified it because I'm, I'm really concerned about what's going to happen with upper levels of government. Mm -hmm. um, we see with every time there's an election, you know, the money starts to flow. And yeah. you, know, you throw more money into the economy, that increases inflation again. And um, and then who knows what's going to happen. And the change in government, states. too. A change exactly. in government could change. Like in 25, if, yeah. if, if Pierre comes in or if the Liberals stay in, that affects everything down, down the chain, doesn't it? You bet. Um, with, with inflation, the contracts and everything else, we know that's the reasons for the hike. But we spoke about this last week. And uh, we'll, there's all these homes being built. The yeah. tax base is growing. Absolutely. Obviously, the revenue is increasing. So where does that, uh, doesn't that add to the coffers and shouldn't that mitigate the 10.8, 11, the 7% stuff? Absolutely. So we um, we always take into consideration the fact that the growth number is coming forward. So BC Assessment goes through and looks at the marketplace. Um, their cutoff date is July 1st, so they don't pick up the last six months of the year. Mm -hmm. But that growth number is a projection based upon what we think we're going to see as new taxes coming into the marketplace. Um, we've taken a bit of a conservative estimate as BC Assessment has not finished their work yet. Right. Um, so they will finish their their uh, their activities by the end of this calendar year mm. and early January everybody will see what their assessment is uh, but at that point it's still a little bit flexible and folks also have the ability to phone up and say they don't agree with it and yeah. help me understand so we always take a bit of a conservative approach until we really get locked into the number later on in the year so that, or, that, or that next year that projected tax increase next year takes into account what you think might be the increased revenue from your tax base absolutely okay. so in the presentation yesterday there was a growth number of approximately a million dollars that we used. Um, right now, BC Assessment is saying we're somewhere between 1.1 and 1.2 and a half. Okay. So we wanted to hedge a little sure. bit on that, and we know it's going to change. Okay. Why does our tax rate appear to be so much higher than other places in the province? Um, I, I don't think our tax rate is really higher, but I, I have heard the, the conversations that it's there. And I think when we look at you know other locations, like in the lower mainland, there's that ability for uh, say a Surrey and uh, a Maple Ridge to build one arena and someone else build the pool and they move back and forth fairly quickly. With Camels, I think being a center hub, we're pretty self-sufficient in terms of supporting a lot of the local communities around us. And I think that we end up having uh, a little bit of the, uh, because we're independent, because we're standalone, um, it does appear that we are higher, um, but in the other piece is, is always comparatives of what are the services that are being provided. And so our common budget process is always going back to what we're doing. Um, we manage policing in the city for you know quite a bit of an area, uh, including down into uh, Cherry Creek and, and supporting some of the outlying areas. We're also a broad city. We're, we're quite wide. We're quite wide and we're quite tall. Um, and so we have a fairly large geographic area that we have to look after as well. Yeah, I mean, for homes even though, a $750,000 home in Kamloops, the tax bill was 4292 in Vancouver, same price, less than half, 2086 sure. Yeah. sure, and I think contextually, we have to look at exactly what you're getting for that $750,000. Uh, we used an example yesterday where in Vancouver, uh, there was an assessed value of a home in Vancouver of $1.1 million. It was a two bedroom, two bath, 959 square foot apartment. Uh, 
uh, for 1.1 million in Kamloops, you're getting a 3,000 square foot house, two car garage, pool, uh, four bedrooms, four bath. Uh, so contextually, value and assessed value is really dependent upon the marketplace you're in. Yeah, even like Chilliwack though. Chilliwack yeah. was. Chilliwack's much lower, much lower. It's now, in Maple Ridge, which is very similar, it's, it's not that much. It's a, it's 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 about two sixty nine square kilometers. We're two ninety seven, so it's not much different. But Maple Ridge, it's like twenty seven hundred to forty seven hundred. That's what a lot of people ask me. I'm wondering is I know the topography is a challenge here. I know density is a challenge mm-hmm. here. But the, the you know I know I know uh, Prince George is way higher than us, and yep. they're smaller than us. But but is there? It just a lot of people will say, well, how come they're paying? You know, my brother lives in North Vancouver, and um, and he's paying half of what we're paying in yeah. property taxes. Uh, he gets his garbage picked up every week still. Yeah. So, so what would you say to people to say, well, you know, why are we? Why are we so high? It, it, what is the pr- primary reasons why we're so different than say Chilliwack when we're two hours away? Well, I, I think again it goes back to. Um you know, we deliver a, a, probably a different level of services. I've always used the example that, um, you know, the percentage for Victoria, for example, mm-hmm. probably doesn't contain much for snow removal mm-hmm. in, in comparison to Prince George. Mm-hmm. And so I can I think, depending upon the services that each of the municipalities are paying for and the things that the members of the public are looking for, um, that directly contributes back into what the, the taxation bill is. Okay. Mike, get a question for David. I always have questions. Um, <laughs> last time we chatted, uh, we, we chatted about the New West. Um, the New West Trade Partnership Agreement. Trade Partnership Agreement. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're in an effort to bring British Columbia, Alberta, and Saskatchewan together to free up the borders. We could have uh, purchasing decisions with the city to, to basically have equal footing for somebody in Saskatchewan. You bet as we do here in uh, in Kamloops. Um, and I, I can understand that. Uh, but I, I'm wondering, uh, I know like businesses like ours, we have um, issues uh, with that because now we're competing and it's outside of our community. Yeah. And I'd love, and I know we talked about this, I'd love to see a local first thing, which goes against the procurement policies of the, the New West uh, Trade Agreement. And uh, I, I was thinking, you know, I can understand that with like really large um, scale things, but to get somebody to do snow plow uh, removal yeah. or something here, and they, the local companies right here in town and supporting uh, sporting events and, and all that kind of a thing, but to have to compete with somebody in Saskatchewan, in Regina, yeah. uh, to come all this way, it, it's not only to have equal footing, it almost feels like we've got a preferential to go out of town because we're trying not to be local or trying to be transparent and free. Um, I wonder if would you be interested in, in working with me to uh, lobby uh, the Northwest Trade uh, Agreement to raise the limits so you have more autonomy to Absolutely. do more local things because I know there's a lot of companies that are looking for greener uh, pastures so maybe we yeah. can work with uh, Canadian Home Builders Association is really good at lobbying and they have this issue. Uh, the Chamber of Commerce and the Canadian Federation of uh, Business. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, with your insight, we can do that so that uh, we can keep stuff in, in our um, uh, local community. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to help support that. I think, um, you know, key around the new West Trade Partnership Agreement is, you know, the, the limits were introduced in 2009. Um, as a matter of fact, the the trade agreement was introduced on April 1st, 2009, and everybody in the industry thought it was an April Fool's joke until we actually dug into it. What? Uh, but that's when the, those limits were identified, and the, the 25,000 threshold for direct, reward, direct awards and, and 75,000. 2009 is a long time ago, and there's been a lot of inflation, and what you could buy in 2009 for $25,000 is significantly different than what you're getting for $25,000 this year uh, in this time frame, especially when we start looking at some of the inflationary factors that are out there. So there's definitely, from my perspective, a need for the governments to revisit those rates and look at what those procurement rules need to be around. What are the thresholds and why have they locked them in on that position um, and haven't moved them very much? Uh, We did reach out last year uh, and have a conversation with the province about you know are is there some plans to look at it and thus far they've indicated no there there's nothing that they're planning on doing at this point but i think you know i think right now is a really ideal time to be able to have that conversation with the province and say listen inflation is hurting a lot of people we're trying to help things going is there an opportunity to have this conversation 
Awesome. Okay, that, that's, that's my big question. <laughs> yeah, procurement. Thank you. Did you Speak, want to ask more about procurement? Well, speaking of procurement, yeah. yeah, because I know, you know, people say, what's the city doing to cut cut the fat and all this? But I know yeah. I think you were in charge of this, and I think it was probably 2016, 17. You did a big change in the procurement um, process that saved the city, I think, millions of dollars. Yeah. Can you explain just in layman's terms what what you changed and how that saved a bunch of money for the taxpayers? Sure. So in, it was probably about 2017 when we, we started to really relook at what we were doing. And what we were starting to find was um, we were doing a lot of one-off contracts. So um, I, I have a, a personal feeling on tender-based contracts always create some challenges. And uh, it results in uh, the need for the organization to really bear all of the risk in terms of getting all the information out, getting all the quotes in place. And if you miss something, you're, you're hit with change orders. Mm -hmm. um, so we've moved into um, working with our capital projects teams, IPDs, which is Integrated Project Delivery, where we actually align contracts with our vendors. And so our vendors are our partners at the table. So they're bringing their perspective and their troubleshooting. And what that has done for us is reduce the number of change orders on projects because um, they're looking at it from their best interest that we're going to share the profitability of this project amongst all the parties. Mm -hmm. And so as opposed to sub-trade, you know, putting it higher, they're actually self-managing themselves and holding themselves accountable in terms of what is the real cost to be able to deliver this. And so we've seen some really good positive impacts on that. Um, the Canada Games work, we came in uh, about two weeks uh, quicker than we had expected, yep. and we were around 500000 under budget. Right. Um, and so we've started to see some really significant um, advantages being okay. uh, materialized by using those different processes. All right, good. If you were... Emperor Hellenin, if you had, had all-encompassing power, oh, <laughs> oh, this could be scary in, in the city. What changes would you make at City Hall in order to um, Bring lower the these tax rates? Um, that's a, a great question. Um, you know, I, I think the challenge with answering that question is, you know, we have so many people in the city who have such different wants and needs. Um, we see the people who are proactive transportation and anti-active transportation, and how do you start to try and balance what the benefit and, and the value is for that? Um, you know, I, I think as we look at the, the increases in the rates and, and what's happening, um, materializing, I'd love to see more people being able to get employed, and that would help, I think, take some of that uh, strain and stress off of uh, the, the, the marketplace for employment and employment opportunities. We're seeing a lot of people jumping from job to job because they're seeing a little bit of a pay increase by going from A to B. Um, so I think we need to create some stability in the environment and get you know positions filled, and then I think ultimately. Climate. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And, and then I think ultimately, then that will help. I think really, um, you know, provide a benefit for the residents of the city and for the people looking for work. Final thing, just to remind the people, tomorrow, which is Thursday, yes. November thirtieth, um, there's going to be a public budget consultation meeting where people yeah. can come out and talk to you and other directors and Absolutely. the council members about this budget, get some ideas, get some yep. input. Uh, what's the details on that? What time? Uh, so 7 o'clock tomorrow at uh, Kia Lounge, Sandman Centre. Right. Uh, we will be um, doing a, br a brief presentation and trying to uh, impart as much knowledge and information as we possibly can of what, what we're facing and what we're dealing with. And then absolutely happy to have a conversation with members of the public and um, you know hear what their thoughts are and, and share ideas with them. And for those who are watching this afterwards or can't make it, is there an online component? We are going to be doing uh, an online version of the PowerPoint uh, with uh, yours truly voicing over some of the comments on the slides, uh, and that'll be available on the city website probably later this week. Excellent. Final thoughts, Mike, from you before we let David go? Uh, no, no real big final thoughts. I, uh, I, I can't imagine what, uh, what your job is like, because <laughs> I'm sure it's uh, not easy, uh, but we do have a lot of really great things going on in our community. and. I, I can see that. So my, my whole wish and, and goal is to have more, uh, more local and, and stuff like that. But other than that, uh, I, uh, Camelops is, uh, is home, right? So. Completely agree with you. Yeah. Um, I love what I'm doing. I love my job um, because I think it directly contributes back to where we live and play and um, all the fantastic businesses that are here. So, um, I, again, I, I appreciate the, the comment. And it's been a rough year. It's been a long year. So, uh, but um, definitely uh, is, is things are fantastic, and, and uh, I love what I'm doing. So. Well, we appreciate you coming in on short notice and standing yeah. in for some questions. Thanks Thank a you. lot. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Last week, I embarrassed myself. The questions weren't hard enough. So I went back to the drawing board. We're talking T-Swift trivia with probably the biggest T-Swift fan maybe in the world. Reese Wilson, star employee, Gord's Appliance and Mattress Center. Okay. 
Number one, here's question number one. What song did Taylor swap out early in the Eras tour for the one? Invisible string. Whoa, oh, didn't even need to get oh. didn't even get to the questions and she has nailed it, folks. One for one. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> Aggressive answer. Okay. Number two. What classic book is referenced in This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things? Is it A, Oliver Twist? Is it B, The Great Gatsby? Or is it C, Scarlet Letter? It is Gatsby, I believe. You are correct, that's two for two. Great job, Reese. Can't you go three for three, complete the sweep? Number three, what T-Swift song includes the lyric, November Flush and Your Flannel Cure? I'm not gonna give you any options on this one. It's champagne. Problems. Oh my goodness. She didn't That's need the options. One of my favorite Taylor songs. <laughs> she didn't need the options. Three for three. Let's go four for four. True or false? Black Friday sale. Everybody needs to be at Gord's for it. True. True. And why? <laughs> why, you may ask? Because we have, like I said, Black Friday sales going on. Um, we've got Buy More, Save More um, on Maytag, Whirlpool, and KitchenAid. So you can cross combine all three brands. So you do a buy two, save 150, buy three, save 300, so you can get a KitchenAid fridge. Like this is right here, the, what's this? This is a KitchenAid fridge. Mm -hmm. And you, you can, can get this. Match that guy with like a Whirlpool micro, or my, Maytag microwave. Maytag microwave, so that you're saving 150 right there mm -hmm. if you do that. And then if you add, say, a Whirlpool range on top, you save 300. KLW. On the Blazers, the W on the Bees. Okay, let's get you review the intro video. What do you think? It's great. Are you I'm, okay with it? I'm fine with it, yeah. Not a raving review. Not, not a well, rave. I mean, it's, it's uh, just, just like mine. I said, it's, it's okay. It's you okay. think it needs work? It's well, okay. it's okay. <laughs> Missy Cedarholm, Kamloops Blazers. What is your actual full title? Game day operations and ticketing coordinator. Okay, I might have screwed that up at the no, top. No, you just said manager. Everything else is good. Everything was fun. Yeah. yeah. So, what do you actually do? <laughs> it's a great question. Um, I sell tickets, group tickets, season tickets, um, help out in the box office if needed, and then I do everything game day related. So, anything that's on the ice in the intermissions, on the video board during the games. <laughs> this if is there's just a promotion. To mind, you're probably known as of one of the craziest drivers in Kamloops too. Due to your work on the golf cart there that you fire up on the, or is it a golf cart usually that you're It, out it was a side-by-side. Side-by-side. I'm a great driver. I worry about the people <laughs> on that side-by-side. -side. You're out there ripping and doing 180s and everything. People people request to go in that side-by-side. <laughs> -side. It's fun. Some do, be. some don't, but I'm a great driver. We're going to talk about, actually, history with you. Because you we were with the Blazers for, for a long time. Then I think you went to the KYSA for but then you came back. So what has your career path been thus far? Yeah, you, you nailed it there. I was with the Blazers. I started as a volunteer um, when I was just going to university, worked myself into a full-time position. I was there for six years full-time, left for four years to go to KYSA, and then came back last September, and I'm never leaving. Mm -hmm. They you, can't get rid of me now. <laughs> did you come back? Mike, is her, is her mic okay? Like it, it's Mike's, good. Mike's good? Okay. Did you come back because of Memorial Cup year, or did, why did you come back? I came back because the position was open. Yeah. Um, Eliza, the, the girl who had done the job before me, was, was leaving and the job was posted, so I took that as an opportunity to come back. It worked out really well that it was Memorial Cup year, but that wasn't the intent behind right. it. Um, it was a bonus for Eliza, sure. that's Donnie Moore's granddaughter. Yeah. Right. Teddy Bear Toss. Teddy that's bear why toss. you're here. That's why I'm here, yeah. December 1st, Friday night, Friday Victoria Trent. Royals yep. in town. That's right. Well, I, and I think it's one of the greatest things. My kids are now older, 24 and 22, but when I first moved here in 05, they were just little ones, and their favorite night of the year was the teddy bear toss night. So, and it was started in Kamloops, and it's now it's North American phenomenon, right? So tell the people who don't know what it is, what it is, and why they should be uh, interested in it. Yeah, for if you don't know, uh, teddy bear night is a great promotional night when the Blazers score their first goal, the fans all throw their teddy bears and then we take a pause while we collect the teddy bears off the ice uh, and all the teddy bears are donated to charities so the blazers themselves will go to RAH and deliver some bears to patients that are there and then our booster club does an excellent job of organizing all the bears sorting them into piles and giving them out to different groups within the community 
So groups request them through the year to the booster club, and then they they fill as many orders as they can based on the the bears that we receive from fans. Do they all all go to kids, or do any seniors' homes ever want these, or anything else like that? Yep, they go to seniors' homes as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the RCMP takes some, I believe, oh, for, for trauma counseling. For trauma counseling. Yeah. Um, more groups than I can list That's off cool. for yeah. sure, but definitely they're they're spread throughout the community. It's not one group that gets them all. It's it's something that's really out. neat because you know going to things like trauma counseling is a very important thing you don't think of that when you just throw in the teddy bear you think okay some kids are gonna get it but these things go and do great work they Mike, they go everywhere this must be because you <laughs> love stuffed animals I, I gotta i gotta tell you something i uh i volunteered with the the blazers years and years ago we'd bring out our, our lee's music trucks out onto the ice to to pack everything all all the teddy bears in and uh, there's so many teddy bears, and it would be like the big high cube van kind of a thing, and uh, everybody would throw them in, and you'd get uh, li- like little girl guides and stuff picking up the teddy bears on the ice and stuff, and they'd huck them and throw them, and they had amazing aim. They could hit me right in, in the head every time, <laughs> and, and I just remember being in the back of my uh, cube van. Because what happens is it, it all gets uh, loaded up in the front end, but you have to push it all to the back of the cube van so that, you know, you can fill up the cube. Literally, you fill up a cube van. Yeah. And so I'd be inside there, waist deep in teddy bears, <laughs> no. pulling it back. In yeah. heaven. In and, heaven. Oh, yeah. And it's amazing. <laughs> and, and you know what I would love? I think to bring me back to that time of the teddy bear toss, we should do some sort of competition today where maybe I sit here and Missy, you have a couple throws, see if you can hit me in the head with uh, with the teddy bear. Nothing with any hard eyes though, okay? Oh, oh now you're being specific. Oh yeah, now you're, now you're <laughs> yeah. mitigating it here. Particular. You, you all have hard eyes. Yeah, they do. It's funny you bring that up, Mike, because we do have something in store for Missy. I heard she's got a rocket arm and oh. uh, you're going to be throwing in a little bit here. We've still got more to talk about. You're going to be throwing these stuffed animals. And if you hit Mike in the head, you are going to get a free coffee from McDonald's <laughs> and a vanilla cone from McDonald's. Ugh. Did you know, by the way, the teddy bear toss, Terry Lowe and Tara Holmes, their first ever date was at the teddy bear toss. I think it was 93 or 94. And I think they got divorced now that at a teddy bear <laughs> toss. At a teddy bear <laughs> toss, yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it serves both purposes. It's a great event. Yes. You mentioned the Girl Guides there. Um, and that's just one of the different ventures that the Blazers have. And you helped me out a lot recently because I had students that came and talked to um, Safeway Breast Cancer Night, some people there, and the Girl Guide. So what are kind of all the promotional nights that you do throughout the year? Yeah, you've mentioned a few of them there. Um, the Girl Guides are actually still involved in our Teddy Bear Night, too, wow. so you'll see them out on the, the same ice. same ones? Well, <laughs> so i got a no, beef the, to pick with, with, with um, they're, they're woman guides that one now. and the, the two ponytails. The newer, <laughs> the newer regiment of them uh, come up, and they'll, they'll still be out on the ice helping out. But we have lots of different nights throughout the season. You're putting me on the spot a little bit. Yeah. I didn't know we were talking about other nights, okay. too. Um, we got First Nations Night? We've got Indigenous Night, which will happen in February. We do Feed the Valley Night every year. We just had that one come up. Uh, we've got a couple of different Skate with the Blazer Nights. We've got Faith and Family Day coming up in February as well. We have... Well, I remember the bobblehead for Jermaine Lowen. We did do day. a bobblehead for Jermaine Lowen. We did a bobblehead for Logan Stankoven as well last year. So Was that the Hockey Gives Blood uh, that was the oh, Hockey yeah, Gives night, Blood yes, Night, and we right. will do the Hockey Gives Blood Night again, too. Uh, so we've got that coming up. We've got... You had Military Military, military Appreciation Night, night passed yeah. in November. We'll have Pride Night in the spring. Are there any games that aren't event nights? We've got First nights. Responders <laughs> Night. We, we try to make every night something yeah. special because it just attracts a different crowd. It's not necessarily your hockey fan, but it's someone in the community that can resonate with what's going on in the event side of things so that they're not necessarily coming for hockey, but hopefully mm-hmm. they love it and then they come back. Well, I have a new woman in my life. She's only been in the country for about three months. I think it'd be great to bring her to the this game this weekend just for the teddy bear toss Absolutely. to see what it would be like. What is going on here? You took her to her first I, hockey game First ever, hockey game ever the other. It was yeah, amazing. Yeah. She had the, the ball was a uh, the puck was a ball. Periods were sets. She had no idea. She couldn't believe that they actually <laughs> fought. Like She couldn't believe that people were going to actually fight each other. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, that's my story. Let's th- let's throw some bears at Mike. Okay. Okay, so Let's which one do you want to start with? You just... I also, if you do hit me, I do have one of these with your rocket arm. I have an actual oh, rocket. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> All right. Okay, let's okay. See, uh, see if I get this. Are you a righty or a lefty? So you tell me when. Okay, I'm going to take my pitcher and pitcher off. Are you going to duck or are you actually no, going to... you're going to... You're full on... Pelt him in the head with this. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Okay. This one's... 
Oh, okay, one for one. She's got a coffee already. <laughs> this is my childhood teddy bear, by the way. Okay. Oh, we're gonna go shoulder there, a little off. Yeah, a little off. Okay, this one, this one might be like a football. Oh, no, oh, that was too, too light. Brutal, like a ball. It's brutal toss. It's too light. Oh, oh wait, off oh, again. I can't throw that. Yes, full oh, tilt. Okay, we need the angle. <laughs> okay, we got one more. My turn. No, okay, you go. No, it. you go. You go. Oh, this is a special. This, this is Gord. It's Gord Stevens. Gord Stevens. They service what they sell. <laughs> oh, I think a leg got him in the chin. Okay, we're gonna give you the. All right, here. You ready? Oh. oh. You're supposed to. You're supposed to let. You, you wanted to hit her in the head with that? Is that what you're trying is to do? Is that what you're trying to do? That's oh, I wasn't ready for that. Comment on my sports I'm glad you stopped. It's as hard as a rock. Okay. Final thoughts, Missy, from you? Final thoughts? Did you have fun? Yeah, I had a great time. I didn't know I was going to get to throw things at someone's <laughs> head today. That was, that was extra special. Oh, they're coming back. <laughs> Good thing we can catch on this side. <laughs> so it's 7 o'clock start on Friday. Seven o'clock puck drop, first Blazers goal, teddy bears go on the ice. And I don't even like to mention this, but in the event, in the event that there is no goal scored by the Kamloops Blazers, which yeah, we, what happens then? What happens then? The bears are held and thrown at the end of the game. Yes. Worst case scenario. Worst so. case scenario. We don't want that. No. We've, we've, I've been part of a lot of teddy bear nights and I've seen a little bit of everything. I've yeah. seen disallowed goals where bears are thrown. Oh yeah. Oh, I've yeah. seen no goal scored and a one nothing overtime loss. Uh, anything can happen. We hope for a goal early. It's a lot easier if it happens right away, and then we can just get on with the game. But yeah, it's about a like fifteen minute delay kind of thing, right? Yeah, we just really hope that fans listen when our PA announcer makes those announcements: throw or don't throw. And once they start getting thrown, everybody needs to no, throw them. Yeah. If they wait, it just turns into chaos. I think it's going to happen at the twelve minute mark of the first period. Twelve minute mark of the first period. Which oh, okay. Pool. Let's do a pool. I think we have what do you say? Yeah. Here. What do you five bucks bet? each year. Okay, well, why don't we say, why don't we take a period each? I'll, ta I'll say it happens in the second period. I say first. You say first. Uh, I'll take third. And if it's the, our period, you each get 10 bucks from the other guy. Sure. We're okay, in. all right. Okay. okay. Oh, I was going to say something. A I had something and, to say. and a sports bet. I've never done that before. <laughs> and a sports bet. Oh, I had something to say. Couldn't do it that interesting. Okay, thanks, Missy. That thanks. was fun. Volkswagen. Missy was fun. Yep. We talked about Fraser Minton a little bit. He scored the teddy bear goal toss, uh, teddy bear toss last goal year. last year. That's right. So he will not score it this year. No, he won't. Because he was traded on uh, Friday. Mike, do you have any clue what's going on with this? Or I, You know, I really don't. And I was just going to ask you can, you, can you tell me in like layman's terms? So Fraser Minton, he was yes. doing really great. Wasn't he like team captain with the Blazers yes. or something? Yes, he was named team captain. He was the captain for seven games and then he was traded away. He's 19 years old. He's a Toronto Maple Leafs prospect, best player on the team. They basically, it was time to pay the piper for their trades that they had made to load up for the Memorial Cup. So they uh, traded away a lot of assets, a lot of draft picks, uh, and got players last year so they could go and try and win the Memorial Cup. Now their team is not doing so well in the standings. They're the last in the Western Conference. Fraser knew this was going to happen at some point, but definitely wasn't expecting it to happen this soon. So if... If they loaded up last year, mm -hmm. wouldn't that give them a st stack deck for this no, year? No, the, the players that they traded for, two in particular, are now gone because they, they've graduated. They either graduate because they're too old or they go off and play pro hockey. Yeah. And that was the gamble. The gamble the is gamble. You, you pull in these two great players and you give a lot of picks, draft picks. Now they're trying to get those draft picks back for the next few years. And they did get two, two high, first, two first round draft fourth. picks and a fourth round draft pick. And they also got a player. Jordan yes. Keller, who his father is Aaron Keller, who won two Memorial Cups with the Blazers in the 90s, and he's also he's the club's with them now. director of player so personnel. It's my alarm of some kind. Oh, it's happy time. Actually, that alarm was for Jordan Keller, who I have to call right now. I'm supposed to. He's the player that got um, traded here. Mm -hmm. He's 18 years old, and they love this player. Uh, he's been, I wouldn't say, he hasn't been buried in the lineup in Saskatoon, but he's been playing behind a very deep veteran uh, group that Saskatoon, they're going to make a run at yeah, in the they, league. Yeah. So he was further down the depth chart. They think that now he's going to be getting, well, he was getting about 15 minutes, th 13 minutes ice time in Saskatoon. He's going to get like between 22 and 25 minutes. And he's a six. local boy. Well, he actually grew up in Japan. 
Right, because his dad because his dad was playing in Japan. Yes, and coaching it. I think he was playing and coaching in Japan. Yeah, Uh, he did end up moving back here Mm -hmm. for the start of his teenage years, and he went and billeted in in Abbotsford and played for Yale Hockey Academy. Yeah, Jordan Keller. So he must speak Japanese and English. Yes, he does. I think he. I think his Japanese was his first language. Very cool. Um, there is going to be always criticism with these types of trades. People will say, well, why didn't you wait longer? And perhaps teams are more likely to, to give more back to you in that scenario. Closer to the playoff, the trade, trade deadline and all that. Yeah, Closer to the deadline. I think they got two firsts and a fourth. That's not bad at all. Basically, what Sean Cluson told me was they weren't too concerned about that. They, they set the market. They got what they wanted, which was two first-rounders. And this player, he said it could not have been a greater fit for us. So they're happy with it. Good. Fraser... Um, we're going to play a clip right now. So I talked to him um, on Monday night. So he was traded on Friday. He thought he was going to be playing in Kamloops that night. His parents were going to come up to watch him play. Him and his brother, his younger brother, plays on the team too, Bryce. And instead of playing that night, he's traded in the morning, and he's playing for another team the next night, Saskatoon, in Portland. Mm-hmm. And he actually scored a goal and had an assist and a loss. And then on Monday night, I had time to talk to him. He was in a hotel room in Kennewick, Washington. Here's a few of the things he had to say. It was a little bit of a shocker, uh, the, the timeline. I knew it was, it was going to happen. We discussed that. and um, Anyone who, who understands the game knew it was going to happen just based on you know how junior hockey works. It's, that's usually the way things go if uh, a team's struggling and um, can get some, some good assets back for, for players. Um, so I knew it was coming, but... Uh, thought you know maybe more of a timeline kind of like the the trade we had for zelly last year where it's following christmas kind of right at at the deadline there um so i was not necessarily ready for it that soon um which made it a little bit more difficult i think was there an emotional moment something that kicked in for you during that process i think you know given guys like like Toledo, a, a goodbye hug. I think that's really, really hard too. You know, guys who put in the work behind the scenes and, and make everything happen and are just amazing human beings every day that, you know, give everything without without asking for anything in, in return. And uh, more so those guys who uh, live a little further away. It's uh, You never know if it's going to be the last goodbye or not. So that's probably the, the most emotional part. Just a few more here. I want to ask you about the, the organization in general. You know, it's it's life changing what the the Blazers did for me there. Starts with uh, you know Robbie Sandlin, Matt Bardsley, there the, the scouting staff, and uh, having the belief to to draft me. The the belief that those guys um, from Cluey, Tim, Matt, when he was there, and and Robbie just kind of instilled in myself and. Um, all the other coaches that were there as well while I was there from uh, Mark Hollick to, to Don Hay, uh, Aaron Keller, Chris Murray, everybody just really gave me a lot of confidence and really believed in me. And I think that that went a long way um, in my development and yeah, owe a, a ton to the organization and uh, everybody that is a big part of it. Do you have a top three Fraser Minton moments um, in your Blazers career or top one or two or three that really stand out as like big moments for you? Yeah, I think uh, I could nail down number one pretty easily. I think the, uh, the game five against Seattle when I was 17 there in the playoffs when Keith scored that, that double or that, that OT winner there. I remember that one. Put us up three, two in the, the conference final. That was, you know, one of the best moments in, in my career. I thought, you know, it was so much fun that that game, and that was such a big win for us. Um, getting the uh, the back to back hat tricks against Kelowna was pretty cool last season as well. Um, and then playing in the Memorial Cup, probably I'd say those three were the the coolest things that um, happened during my time as a Blazer for me. I remember the shorty against Vancouver on the road in the playoffs to, to close to close it out as being one of them. That doesn't get up there for you, eh? That's not that's not not up there. <laughs> no, I remember that for sure. That's uh, that'd probably make top top five, top ten for sure. I think uh, I think that was a big goal. Kind of sealed the series from from that point on. There. Any regrets? I don't think so. Um, you know, honestly, the only thing I. Could say I would have 
rather achieve throughout my time as a Blazer would be a, a WHL championship and a, a Memorial Cup championship there. But, um, you know, I can honestly say that that I did everything I, I could in those those playoff games and, and those moments to, to try to achieve achieve those goals. So I don't think that leaves too much room for regret. Your top three moments, the number one was a team moment. It wasn't you. It was about Dale and Kiefler. And I think that, again, speaks to your character. It's been said a bunch, whether it be on social media or by Keener, but I think you, you'll leave a great legacy here. Um, a lot of maturity, great to deal with all the time with the media. So thanks to you. And uh, I know that uh, we wish you all the best uh, in Saskatoon and Toronto and in the NHL and uh, whatever comes your way. Thank you, Marty. I appreciate, appreciate it very much. And uh, look forward to, to being back up there. Hopefully get to see everybody down the road. But uh, yeah, thanks for, for everything over the years as well. Well, when hey, when you're a big deal in the NHL, don't don't screen my calls, okay? <laughs> yeah, you bet. <laughs> Still take them anytime. Okay, take her easy. See ya. Thanks, Marty. Yeah, bye bye. Yeah, I think it's a it's a good trade. It's he's not going to be in the league next year. He's too good. He's going to be with the with the Leafs probably, if not with the Leafs with the Marlies, and um, and I think to get two two first and a fourth and uh, a local kid back. It's great, and you're going to see more of these trades, right? I have a bone to pick, and people still get upset. So the league made changes already that you cannot trade 15- and 16-year-old players, and 17-year-old players, if they're going to be traded, they have to waive their no-trade clause, yeah. well, then which the, makes the, sense. The Bedard thing last year, that came up in the Bedard uh, talks. Yes, remember? and yeah. people think that it's not right to, to rip these young men yeah. away. 15, 16, sure. So I, I agree with that, but Damian Cox, he's a Canadian sports he's media. Toronto Sun or something like that? Yeah, I don't know if he's actually... He's, Used where to he be, works now. Used to be the son. He's yeah. a Canadian sports media personality. He came out and quote tweeted. Keen did an interview with Minton. Mm-hmm. Good interview. Mm-hmm. And Min- and Damian Cox quote tweeted it and said, "Junior hockey allows young men like this to be traded in the middle of the season. Disgusting. Sounds like something you would say. <laughs> what, I, I think that's ridiculous. No, not it's, it's it's the context. He's 19. He's 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 almost he is a man. And it's it's a totally different situation when you have a 15 year old, you know, exempt, ex- exemption player, or a 16 year old. As a the difference between a 16 and 19 year old is vast. Yes. In, in the in the WHL and in life. And um, I don't think they're any worse for the wear for being traded. And for me, the, the argument that I would make is from a development side. The Western Hockey League calls itself the best junior hockey development league in, in the world. Mm-hmm. They prepare players for the next level. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens in the NHL? You get ripped out of places. Mm-hmm. You get traded. Your family, you have to rip your family away from, from schools sometimes. Mm-hmm. Not all the time. But this is part of the development to these players when you're, when you're that the old. Reality and of and the they understand it. Fraser exactly. understands yeah. that that's part of the sacrifice you make mm-hmm. for potentially becoming a million-dollar hockey player, for chasing your dream. And I would say that these teams for the vast majority of them, t- treat their players very well mm-hmm. um, throughout their careers. They're treated essentially like, essentially like uh, they get great, great hotels and great like buses. And great, NHLers at that level. Great coaching. Yeah. And they also get a, a, year of, a year of tuition for every year they, they play, so they get free education uh, at the end. Yeah, so I just think it was a ridiculous uh, tweet on Damien's behalf there. Yeah, you should, uh, you should reply to him. Well, like you, I'm going to have probably a few PBRs and <laughs> get on the Twitter. Any thoughts on that conversation, Mike? What what conversation? <laughs> I guess it was just me talking, right? Uh, it, 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 yeah, I, I I agree. Fifteen years old, being ripped out of uh, your your areas is is, is it'd be tough. Mm-hmm. Like change, I changed uh, schools a lot when I was younger, and, and that was that was tough enough. Yeah. But when you're 19, you're basically 19 years. It's a total difference between 16, and 15. He knows what he's doing for his career path. He knows where he wants to go, and he knows this is the best thing for. Yeah. He just spent a month in Toronto with the with yeah. the bigs, traveling with them. He knows the deal. He, he texted you from uh, Nashville to say, you know. And another thing that they kid. that they liked about this was he was not going to be here for the World Juniors time anyway. He'd be gone. Like his last home games would have been this past weekend, I think. Mm-hmm. And then he's gone to World, World Juniors, Juniors and, yeah. and and this Jordan Keller guy is going to be around for all for all yeah, of that for all of December. Yeah. But Fraser is more than happy. I mean, he, it was hard for him, mm-hmm. extremely hard for him to be sure. ripped away. He had he said he had an hour. To go and meet um, his team, his teammates and coaches at the rink, and half of them weren't there because the younger kids were still at school. So mm-hmm. he said bye to his best friends that he's known for four years, and his coaches within an hour. He had an hour to go home, have a grilled cheese sandwich, and he was on a plane. 
gone. Wow. Just like that. And he scores a goal and assist. Yeah. So watch the whole YouTube clip of that interview. It's about 15 minutes long. Uh, you can find it on Kamloops last week. That's our, our YouTube page, and we can wrap the show. Thoughts on the show? Good show. It's an eclectic show. We had uh, Missy bombarding Mike with the, the stuffies, and we had some good inf information on the budget process, and that's, that's a very contentious point if you t listen to people talking about their tax increases it's 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 hard life is hard right now and and times are tough and the last thing we need is a huge tax decrease so hopefully they can cut some things down and say we're gonna we're gonna bring it in uh, foremost of which would be that ridiculous um, millions they put aside for the true overpass that's probably the biggest waste of money the city has done since I've been here and it's 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 an absolutely ludicrous thing and they should pull that back right now and that would probably bring it down to seven eight percent right there is is that the walking paths uh, to go? Uh, yes, the the proposed the overpass going. It's I think it's three million. It's millions of dollars. What of are the benefits money. of it? It's 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 there are there are no benefits. They they say there it's must gonna, be some benefits. Well, it's it's for pedestrian safety because you know the students don't want to walk a few minutes up to cross at the light. You don't care about the safety of the students. No, what's going to happen is you're going to have this thing going across, and then you, people are still going to be walking under it because it's easier to cut this way. And if it and, and if it is needed, and if it's truly needed, then the university should pay the full bill on this thing. It's for the students there, it's not for the general public. The university should pay it all. In my mind, it's a waste of money. We also had a, basically the beginnings of a new trade agreement, the Mike Miltimore. The Mike Miltimore <laughs> trade. The MMTA. The MMTA, yes. A new West trade agreement mm. uh, yeah, addendum. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm excited about that, actually, because I know that I've been talking with a lot of other business owners, a lot of uh, business groups in town that, uh, that all have the same issue. It should, there should be a local first uh, policy because at the beginning of our, our community you'd, you'd have um, you know like a, a hunter and gatherer or you'd have a blacksmith and a grocer kind of a thing yeah, yeah. Uh, and you supported each other and you built the community up from there with this new west trade agreement that that they have had um, that means that somebody from Regina that wants to do music in the park I have to compete with mm -hmm. yeah you know uh, and it's it's it, it should be you uh, you're doing business in your community, you, you get business from your community, then that stays in, in the community. I, I, Bill, sir, I was on board with you when you brought that up to him. He says, I agree. Makes sense. I yeah. think a lot of businesses and residents will agree, but I think there will be some businesses that will be against it because a lot of their business is going to other places to to, to, to bid on contracts. So they, you know, the ones who have a, have a, have a lot of business elsewhere, you know, companies that do business elsewhere, they might say, well, hold off here because that's going to inhibit me, my company, from doing jobs in Golden and Sicky yeah, and in Calgary well, or whatever, right? You know, like we do a lot of business up in, yeah. in Prince George or Banff, mm -hmm. right? So you'd be okay with saying that local, local would be more, more weighted? Well, would I prefer to stay in my community mm -hmm. and be prosperous and work in my community? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I just can't you believe know. that you don't care about safety of the students. You, you, you prefer them to kamikaze <laughs> across Summit Drive. Well, I'd I mean, like you to produce results that show you how many, if any, pedestrians have been hit crossing there in the last since I've been here in 05. Well, I bet you there's that, zero. I've been that person Well, yeah, and that's your own fault. You guys, this is, that's what the softness of this generation today. They can't walk another another the 10 minutes Those to go up lines. to do the crosswalk. There's do, to the, though they got, they got it. They got to save five minutes so they can have a smoke before before they're... Vape. Um, vape. Yeah, they probably vape, eh? And, yeah, and they listen to the headphones, sure. not, not watching where they're going. But I tell you right now, if I'm wrong and if someone can pull up why don't we get the pull up a get stat. someone here next week? Pull up a stat, to, a proponent pull up of this a stat to show me to show me how many if one pedestrian has been hit crossing there, a student from True, I'll buy you dinner if you can show me one since I've been here in 05. At the Brownstone. I, I'm guessing that there's been there's probably has been one. A happy meal on me if you can prove <laughs> a happy it. Happy meal. There if you can sense. prove it. And I and I would I I bet I'm right. So what are we doing? I, I like Arjun Singh's idea of a gondola from Mac Island better than, than I do with this thing right here. That's a great idea. They have one in Pittsburgh. I was on. It's, it's a fantastic. A thing. gondola to Mac Island. Yeah, yeah. A gondola from Mac Island what do you to say True. Gondola. 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 Like last week you had a weird say, Krakatoa. You said Krakatoa or something. Like Dunstan. No, you didn't. You were way off. <laughs> Jeremy Kenishaw. Jeremy Kenishaw as well. Gon is it? Is it? Is it okay, you know. You know. Oh, so let me, is that a gondola or a gondola? You know the one you go through in, in Venice. I, I've never heard of that's the, that's and then there's into the dola and then there's a gondola. You're talking about like a sky. No, but are they are they pronounced differently or the same? Because they're, they're pronounced the same. A, there's a gondola and oh. there's a gondola. There's a gondola. I've never heard of gondola in my life. Okay, so that's gondola. That's an Abbotsford thing. <laughs> <laughs> on the way to the highwayman, you take a gondola. Okay. I know what you meant with gondola. Ne nevertheless, gondola. 
I think gondola. I think I think Bill the, says gondola. The idea that came out of uh, Arjun Singh had an ideas uh, meeting a few years ago, and one of the residents had this idea, and he ran with it. And I think, and people thought it was it was kind of loopy, but I think if you, it's been done in other cities, and it's actually kind of neat. And you have it going across. <laughs> I can't believe you want that instead of an overpass. That is here's, well, here's why I like the control. No, here, shore to, here's why I like uh, better because yeah. actually it's, it's going to be more people can use you it. You can take four people at a time for more reasons, and it's not just a, 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 a bridge for lazy students who can't walk up and cross <laughs> it. In my day, we would walk up and cross it. One of the lines is going to snap. People could end up in the Thompson. Uh, but you know, <laughs> well, I mean, if you do local procurement, that won't happen. Certainly yeah. <laughs> yeah. from Saskatchewan, will build a thing. <laughs> But you know, you're, you're, you're right. That, that would be interesting. It would be different. Uh, they're looking at doing something like that in, in the Okanagan, just above Vernon at Predator Ridge. Yeah, yeah. They, they wanted to do it up to the peak and have some restaurant up there they or have, something. They have a, I, it's not exactly a, a gondola, but it's a similar thing in Pittsburgh I was on. They have one in L.A. Uh, they have one, I think, in Santa Fe. It's, it's, not, it's not as crazy as it sounds. And, and, and even if, they, if, it's, if it's luxurious and we don't need it, it's, it's far less so than the stupid overpass idea, which is going to cost millions of dollars. Fewer people use it, and there's no real need for it. Gondola directly to Gordon's Appliance and Mattress Center, I'd be in, in favor be of because they've helped our show so much for almost yes. two years now. So much. The, one of the Stevens. OGs. Yep, Steve Rogers. They're the OGs, just like McDonald's, too. They've been with us for a long, long time. Brandy Seacon at McDonald's. Mm. And Terry... Low. Low, 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 low rates at Volkswagen. Those VW... SUVWs. Love it. The low rates are on right now. And we welcome the Camelos Blazers on board today to KLW on Blazers. We can't do the show without our sponsors. They let us take care of business. <laughs> they did. We had to get a take care of business pun in. We have another meeting tomorrow, so maybe some more news to talk about next week. We, I like that that segment was great. I mean, if, if you are interested in maybe uh, having a segment on KLW, you can email me at KLW, or sorry, KamloopsLastWeek at gmail.com. For Christopher Folds, for Magic Mike, for Bill, I'm Marty. We'll see you last week. Well...